0: Welcome to the Practical Idealist Podcast, aligning what is good with what is possible. I'm your host, Allison Bueller, Director of the Homestead Education Center, and the focus on this show is real change for better health, home, and community. This program is brought to you by the Homestead Education Center, a nonprofit organization located in Starkville, Mississippi. And we are well into our year of conscious living. Our board of directors chose this theme in August because we felt very strongly that you cannot change your actions, your choices, or your behaviors until you become aware of them. Becoming intentional takes practice, and what better place to practice than in our own homes? This week we'll begin our series called Coming Home to Heal. Coming Home to Heal guides our attention inward, away from the noise of elections and policy, and forces us to focus on what we can impact in a serious way, our homes, our families, our lives. It moves our intention to our own spheres of influence and asks us to recognize the role of home tenders as vital to the health of our families, communities, and ultimately our world. The two biggest objections I hear to taking personal responsibility for the health of the home and family are time and money. And this week, we're going to dig into getting out of debt as the perfect place to start healing. At the Homestead Education Center, we just began our November book, The Art of Dying Well, A Practical Guide to a Good End of Life by Katie Butler. The discussion is led by board members Nancy Woodruff and Tony Hill in our member group. And that sounds like a depressing topic, but it's actually one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. I'm really enjoying the first chapters, and it's not too late to jump in. If you'd like to dive in, come on over to our website at www.thehomesteadcenter.org backslash calendar. Choose the membership level that's right for you, and we'll add you to the group. At the end of October, we hosted a lively fourth annual writer's retreat, supported by a grant from the Mississippi Arts Commission, where 16 participants worked with four mentor writers to improve their craft and find venues for getting their words into the world. Out of that retreat, I've already seen a very powerful op-ed piece that was published in the papers around the state. I've listened to a, a launch episode of a new podcast and celebrated a book signing of one of our attendees. It was a really productive retreat. If you're interested in moving from being a writer to being an author, you don't have to wait a whole year for our next retreat. We have an online course just for you at www.thehomesteadcenter.org backslash online dash courses. You can take just one course or become a member and access them all. We also hosted our annual fermentation fair, where people came to sample, trade, and take home traditionally prepared foods like sauerkraut and kimchi and kombucha. These foods are rich in probiotics, and they're making a comeback because of their health benefits. We have several videos on our website if you're interested in how to make some of your own this winter. You can go to www.thehomesteadcenter.org backslash instructional-video-library. Upcoming events include an Introduction to Mindful Living and the Women's Wellness Retreat, so check those out on our website as well. This program is brought to you by our Keep It Local sponsor, Adam Davis at Alpha Insurance. At The Homestead, we know it's faster to pick up the phone and call a national insurance company. But when the water rises, as it did all over our town last week, you'll want to know your insurance agent. We believe in supporting local businesses and business owners at The Homestead because they provide jobs, contribute to our tax base, and support local organizations through sponsorships. Help the homestead keep your money local and check out our sponsors on our website. Also, give Adam Davis a big thank you if you see him this week. And now on with our show. Stay-at-home parents are some of the most undervalued people in America. In this series on coming home to heal, we hope to elevate that status to what it should be, superstar. In today's show, we're going to see exactly how that role impacted one family of six when this stay-at-home mom figured out how to make her family debt-free. I met Amy when we both had young kids, and like many moms today, she took parenting her four children seriously. But if you think staying at home with kids is a passive thing, wait until you hear how she gained financial freedom and how you can too. Welcome, Amy. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad we got (coughs) an hour of your time this morning. I know you're so busy. Oh, no, I'm happy to be here. Well, Amy wrote one of the most popular blogs on getting out of debt on our website maybe three years ago, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Thousands of people have read that thing, and so I knew we had to get you on the show to talk about it. Can you speak to how our culture views stay-at-home parents and why you wanted to stay home in the face of that?
1: Uh, Yeah, um, it really is an undervalued role, um, and I think it's because we live in a culture of go, 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 earn as much as possible. And it's easy to feel like staying at home isn't a job that really matters. But like you said, I think it's actually quite the opposite. It's invaluable and a much needed role. So thankfully my being a stay at home parent was a choice that our family was able to make. And it was really what I and we both wanted for our family. I love being a mom and I find great purpose in that role. Uh, So staying at home really allows me to do more of the day-to-day activities with our kids, being home with them when they're young. And then also as they get older, being able to go on field trips and help out at the school. Um, And also our family just operates better. Having someone at home to juggle all the behind the scene things like dinner prep, laundry, all this while everybody's at work and at school. And I know a lot of people see this view as kind of old fashioned, but It really works for our family and it brings peace and order to our busy lives.
0: Yeah, I think one of the reasons that we undervalue stay-at-home parents is because we value monetary earnings so much, like you said. But there are cases where staying at home makes sense. Can you speak about some of the hidden savings of staying home?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you have to operate differently when than being a dual income family. Um, so that means maybe choosing different kids' activities that don't cost as much or, or fewer activities per kid or um, the types of vacations you might take and going out to dinner less, but you adjust your lifestyle accordingly. And in many ways, it can actually be a savings too. One of the biggest and most obvious in a large family like ours is childcare. If we were paying for daycare for a toddler plus after school care for three older kids, we probably wouldn't be bringing in much extra money anyway. Um, Other savings is, like, again, like I said, about having someone home to get dinner, Uh, it cuts down on the amount of time we eat out as a family and that and it also you know is good for us as a family too health wise Um, and while this isn't necessarily a financial savings um, my being at home after school allows the kids to get their homework and their school projects and all of that done before dinner and the seemingly endless evening activities that we have like sports practices and school functions and it just keeps us all a little more sane and less sleep deprived
0: yeah and I know a lot of people are listening and saying, well, I'd love to do that, but I can't afford to. And we're going to get to that. And it doesn't take two parents to make this happen all the time. There are so many creative ways that I see people doing this with grandparents and in-laws and all kinds of ways. Even siblings are sharing these responsibilities together and, and, and living together even. So I want people to, to not get caught on the fact that, well, I can't make that happen. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But not only did you take advantage of kind of hidden savings of staying home, you very determinedly decided debt was the number one enemy and set out to end it for your family. Can you talk about what shifted for you?
1: Yeah. Um, so to start with a little bit of a backstory, we had just sold a house that took way longer than expected to sell, um, and we had taken a loss on the sale. And so here we were in a new town, staring at my husband still had student loan debt. We had credit card bills. We had a car payment, and enough other bills just to fill up a monthly register. So after finally selling the house, we saw this as a moment in our lives for a fresh start. Our kids were still really young, and we saw the opportunity to live cheaply and get rid of some debt. So um, we read Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover book, which was a book that had sat on our shelf collecting dust for many years before. Um, but this time we were motivated, and, and we read the book and started getting to work.
0: Yeah, it does take a shift. So, you talk about in the blog that you wrote, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, that there was a lifestyle change and a shift in expectations that happened. Can you tell us what that looked like?
1: Yeah. Um, so, we had been living the quote unquote American dream, and we were just sick of the constant struggles to stay ahead, we knew that there had to be a better way out there. We were tired of Being controlled by our monthly expenses and wanted the freedom to use the money that we were making the way we wanted to so we decided we were willing to do without some extras in order to accomplish that goal of getting out of debt
0: yeah and that's such an important shift because people feel like well they're giving up qualities of life by saving money but you're gaining freedom so on a very practical level tell us the first steps of reducing debt okay
1: So um, in addition to reading the book, we also took a Dave Ramsey class that was offered at our church. We went to it. We're like, oh, yeah, this seems very doable. This is something we can do. Um, So the first thing we did was write out an actual realistic budget. So budgeting in the past for us always looked like you pay all the bills and then you just see how much or most of the case, how little was left (laughs) over for the fun stuff and savings. And it was just frustrating. It was a frustrating way to live. And It caused resentment and kind of a feeling of like hopelessness, like this is just we're on this hamster wheel and we're never going to get off like this is just how it is. So with our new method, we started budgeting every penny of the paycheck coming in. So at the beginning of the pay period, we would itemize out all the expenses that we knew were coming up. Grocery bill, you know, we would set them out a certain amount of dollars, and we even would look at the, you know, oh, there's three weekends on this pay period, so let's budget an extra hundred dollars because we know, you know, it's a little few more days on it than usual. Kids' music lessons, everything that was going to be, I mean, anything that was coming out that in those two weeks, we would put it on a item line, line item. And then if car tags, you know, were due in November, we would start putting aside $50 or whatever a month, a couple of months ahead so that it didn't just come and like bite us, you know, like, oh gosh, we've got $250. And and it was hard to come up with that. Um, My husband and I are both planners and we're both type a people anyway so this way of doing things it just really it worked for us and it was like yes this is what we needed all along Mm -hmm. um and it minimized the surprises in our spending each month and after budgeting all the expenses we would take whatever was left and put it into the category of paying off debt. And and we started with the smallest one first, so whichever one we owed the least on, the credit cards or whatever, and we'd pay that one off. And then when we freed up that money, we put it towards the next thing. Goal was just to live as cheaply as possible so that we were able to put as much money as we could into that category and get that gone
0: as fast as we could. So did you budget in um fun things as well or just
1: yeah yeah we did and um and i think that that's a big part of it And when we first started doing it it was funny my my husband and i would sit there and i'd be like this is just terrible and you know i i was so hesitant to even go this route but he was like you can you know if you want to go get you know i don't know silly like go get a haircut manicure whatever you just put that in there and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's better to put it in there because you're going to spend it anyway. And if you don't budget it, then you end up spending it and you have to take something out of something else. Whereas if you're doing a budget, you're putting it in there and you can enjoy those things without the guilt of feeling like you're taking it from, you know, the savings account. So
0: Once we get a budget right, what other changes do you make that get rid of debt?
1: Well, so we quickly realized that we still had way too many bills to be able to pay off the debt as quickly as we liked to. So we decided to keep renting, of course, instead of buying a house because um, we had a, a house that we were renting that was pretty low rent and that worked for us. We sold Dan's car that had the car payments on it and we bought a much cheaper car that we could just pay cash for. Um, we got rid of cable and went back to the old bunny ears antenna for television. That's all we have um, to this day. <laughs> I, we we do too. That's why I said we never even went back because it's like we, that was not something that was very missed. And after we got rid of it, but starting starting there feels like oh my gosh, I'm giving up everything. But it's not. Once you get rid of it, you're like oh that's this is okay. I started getting smarter with the way I bought groceries. Um, I used coupons. I bought less convenient items, food, more, more of things like you make yourself and, you know, um, put the, buy the big bag of pretzels and put them in your own little bags instead of buying the ones that are already portioned out because that's just, there's little things like that. It sounds like little tiny things, but it's, it starts adding up as you do things
0: like that. So when you buy prepackaged things it's a lot more than if you like like a prepackaged lasagna versus you making lasagna. Right exactly exactly okay. um,
1: and if we did eat out we would always find the kids eat free nights and things like that just as ways of, of cutting down on costs. Yeah what side benefits did you
0: notice through that journey?
1: Um, so it, it sounds like there's a lot of extra work and a lot of giving things up, but we found such satisfaction and joy through the whole process. Um, it's kind of strange the way getting more disciplined in one area of your life, kind of has a ripple effect on the rest of your life. Um, Dan and I both ended up losing weight because we were eating at home more and, and much, much healthier options than what you're going to eat when you're out and eating less. I became a better cook because I was trying lots of new recipes and i um, trying to keep it interesting. Um, like I said about the cable, we didn't even miss that. And now 10 years later, we still don't have cable because that just didn't seem like as much a necessity as we thought it was to begin with. And so after we paid off our debts and we had the money to save and enjoy some extra things, um, and even along the process too, like you were saying, there, there were times when you know a family vacation came up. Um, the biggest thing we started to find was that going on vacations that we planned for and didn't pay for on a credit card, we enjoyed them so much more than the vacations that follow you back home and you end up paying for them for the months to come. Um, so we just kind of had a shift in living more purposefully instead of letting everything surprise us and constantly feeling like you're trying to catch up.
0: And how long did it take you, you think, from the beginning of starting this to getting to where you felt like you wanted to be?
1: Um, so it took us, I think, right a little under two years to get rid of all of the debt where we were just – you know, zero debt bills. That was such a fun feeling. That was that was such a great feeling. Um, and and a lot of times it too, when when we say debt, a lot of people don't consider a mortgage a debt. We we were renting at the time, so we didn't have a mortgage either. But um, just to get rid of the the car payments
0: and the student loan and the credit card, it took us about two years. Yeah. And I don't feel like, I mean, I knew you through that time. I don't feel like you were any radically different than anybody else. You just, no, you had, no. Ti- you had time and that's right. what, what most people don't have. We might have, you know, we have a lot of debt and we work a lot, but we don't yeah. have time. And I felt like you really had quality time.
1: Oh yeah, I did. And, and I enjoyed it so much. It's, it's really funny. Um, like I said, now we are kind of in a different point in our life now than we were then. But when I look back on that, I don't look back on that point in our life as a oh my gosh, that was such a struggle. It was a very happy time because, like I said, I feel like when you're when you're living a disciplined life in in one area, it kind of makes you a um, more disciplined person in everything in your life. And and we were very very happy, and still are, and we still live by those principles today, and and very happy doing it.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the, like, just tricks that you can think of that you used? Um, Like fun nights in, fun nights out, you know, vacations that didn't cost a lot. Can you think of any of those?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, for vacations, we would all the time go um, hit up the state parks or the national parks. I mean, that's a really inexpensive way to have fun with your kids and get outside. and, And, you know, when our kids were younger, we you know, found lots of play dates at the library and going to the parks and things like that that didn't cost money as much as um, just time to enjoy with your children instead of um, going to amusement parks and things mm-hmm. like that that cost money. We would find um, inexpensive or free things to do. And they don't care. Yeah, oh no, they were happy as they could be. They just wanted to be with us and and they had no idea that we were working feverishly to get rid of debt, that our kids wouldn't have had a clue that that was what was going on.
0: No, I think that's so freeing. I remember my big shock was I was a teacher when I got married and so I just, at the end of the month, there was never enough money. So I always put a little bit on the credit card at the end of the month. And when Mike and I got married, he said, oh, absolutely not. Time at the end of the month and not money. You don't buy anything. Right. I thought, what a concept. I mean, (laughs) all right, it's gone and I'm not going to spend beyond what I made. And he very, I'm so thankful to him. I hated him at that first year of our marriage. I was so mad because, you know, last week of the month, we didn't do anything. But we came out of that period, both of us with lots of degrees and no debt. And I'm so thankful for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you want to leave people with that feel overwhelmed by debt and they don't feel like they'll ever get out?
1: Well... I know I know the overwhelming feeling. Um, we had just settled into that idea, like I said, that everyone lived this way. It was just the American way of living and debt was just something that everybody dealt with. But when we re-looked at everything, we started seeing the advantages of living unlike everybody else really made us happier overall. And it's okay to let go of the ideals, the newest car or the house where everyone has their own bathroom or the vacations that no one can afford. Um, too many times, we're plagued by that social media envy and it drives us to live a life that may look nice, but it doesn't bring true happiness. Mm-hmm. Um and not to be mistaken, there, there'll be setbacks along the way. Um, we actually just had another issue selling a house in our most recent move, Dan and I pretty much, we've decided we may never be homeowners again (laughs) after all this, (laughs) but, um, it caused us some financial hardships and we had to backtrack a little bit and use a lot of our savings. But this time because of the principles and the lifestyle changes that we've made through all the years of doing it this way, it didn't cripple us. Mm. Um, we've been able to bounce back and we know the process and we just keep working to build back up our savings and um and i found that true happiness comes from the freedom to live and do things the way we want because we're financially free to do so Mm -hmm. um sacrifice in the beginning and throughout the process really has big rewards down the road
0: yeah and i do want to address again There is a book called Radical Homemakers, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But it doesn't take two people because, you know, single parents will listen to this and say, well, I'm out. I can't do that. But there are a lot of creative ways that people are dealing with this. And there's a young woman at the King Center who moved in back in with her mother. And she wasn't sure that she wanted to do that. But it allowed her to have her mother working on helping with the kids after school and taking care of meals and let her go work on a second degree without building a lot of debt because she could work and do school and then have mom help with homework and have mom help with childcare, and so people are really getting creative with how to live within their means
1: yeah yeah um, I have a friend who, she offered kinder music lessons for small children, and she and I would swap, I would keep her son a couple of days in the afternoon after after school, um, so that she could teach, she also teaches piano lessons, so she could teach piano lessons, and she in turn would give my children free kinder music lessons. Um, and so it was kind of a swap, you know, swapping off with a friend um, for something that, you would be paying for if, if you didn't have that.
0: Oh, and there was that babysitting swap for a while yeah. when the kids yeah. were young. So you would yeah. watch somebody else's kid and let them have a date and they would right. watch your children. So you would put it into a bank of, of couples that were involved in that.
1: Right. Yeah, we would use poker chips uh, so that we could pay each other in poker chips for watching, you know, each poker chip signified 30 minutes of time or whatever. And, and we would watch each other's children so that you didn't have to pay for a babysitter because, um, you know, moms don't mind watching other kids get the chance to do have a date themselves every once in a while, too.
0: So yeah, there are so many creative ways out there. And I so thank you for taking time to tell us how you went through your journey. And what I want people to hear is that it's not a punishment. It's a gift of freedom to live within your means to live the way that you want to live to live purposefully, like you said, right? Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk to us. And I know you've given people hope and a practical plan. I'm so excited that you had me on the show. Oh, if you learned something from today's show, which I know people did, please share it with someone who needs to hear it and take a minute to subscribe and review the Practical Idealist podcast. Have a great week.